All right, so we'll say good morning. Let us let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors, our Kamatora sponsors for the month of Cheshvan, Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Shirman Rushos this month in memory of Iona, Tzvi, Ben Yosef, Chaim, Elazar, Hakolin, Zichon, Levracha, and Noam and Leah Efron for dedicating all of the Shirman Rushos this month in honor of the celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel. Ben Mordechai Halevi, we thank both of our sponsors for their incredible generosity. And I will say with that, let us, let us begin. Let us begin. Okay. Good. Both of you a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is daf vav. And we are picking up, Emir Hashem, page six. We are picking up on daf hey Amud Beis, 5b. And we are picking up the Hayab B'cha Chait, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines up from the bottom. So also, remember again, we're dashing the b'risa. We had a very long b'risa that went through a variety of different cases of Baal Ta'acher. Our, our primary subject is still the general discussion regarding the five-way machlokas concerning Baal Ta'acher. So remember again, the Gemara then quoted, the b'risa then quoted, v'hayabachachit, v'lobachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
first year. Which I will say, so the Gemara is pointing out over here, you see from here, that even if you delay something, right, even if at the end of the day, you do not offer something up in its designated time, and you delay, so ultimately what? Even though you're in violation of a love, or in violation of, an as, of, a, of a love and an assay, the carbon could still be offered. So we'll see, just let's see what's happening over here. No one is disputing the fact. In other words, we darshan from the b'risa, Vaya, um, sorry, the Pasik was, Vaya b'chachit, right? If you delay, you will be in violation of an Avera. We darshan, you'll have the Avera, but not your carbon. I.e., you could still offer up the carbon even if you're in violation of Balta Acher. To which the Gemara says, we don't learn that concept from here. We learn that concept from a different Pasik. To which the Gemara says, it's direct. You need both Pasuk, and I'll tell you why. If you would have just had the Pasuk that the Gemara just quoted, where the Torah is equating, equating Bechar with Meiser, I might have thought that it's only Bechar that could be offered up even after you've been in violation of Balta'acher. Why? Because I will say, a Bechar, the Lav Bar Hartzahu. Right? A Bechar doesn't affect any level of atonement. In other words, a Bechar is, is a carbon I have to bring, but La Maisa, it does not have any atonement component, right? Or really true carbonic component. component. The Yomars Aval, as the I'm sorry, Aval Kachim, Tibnei Hartzahinu, Eimalolirzu, but other carbonas which do affect atonement, I might have thought the Havamina would have been that if you miss the window, if you're in violation of Baal perhaps the carbon itself no longer atones and therefore cannot be brought. Therefore, Kamashal, that's not the case. So Jose, it turns out that I really have two psukim that actually teach me the same halacha, right? Just by two different situations. The, the Pasuk, which is quoted above, teaches me that even if you don't offer up the Bechor in the first year, you could still offer it up. And uh, teaches me that by any other carbon, even after I'm in violation of Balta'acher, I could still offer up the carbon. Beautiful. So the Gemara said, But one second. Can't we still learn this out from the statement of Ben Azai? What did Ben Azai say? Top of Vav. Top of Vav. Tisanya. Ben Azai Omer Oso. Matam Lomer. So we'll say, why does the Pasik say Oso? Now, what are we talking about over here? The Pasik the Gemara is quoting over here is by Pigol. So remember again, what's Pigol? Pigol is a Kohen. The Pasik is, Fim Heachel Yeachel Mi Basar Zevach Shlamav Biyomash Lishi. Lo Yiratzam Akriva Oso. Lo Yichashev. Lo pigol yia va nefesh haocheles mimenu avonotisa. So we'll say over here the Torah is talking about the, the, the disqualification of pigol by sacrificial items. So the Gemara said, listen to this. Matam, oso matam lomar, lefisha neemar, lo sacher shalmo. The Pasuk says in general, when you make a nether, do not delay, do not delay in going ahead and offering your nether. Shomea ani. I would have thought that ultimately, once you're in violation of Balta Acher, you can't offer up the carbon anymore. Or perhaps the carbon is no longer acceptable. Talmud Lomar, Oso. Therefore, the Pasuk says Oso. And Oso is Dafka said by Pigol. Oso below Yeratza, Vein Ma'acher Nidro below Yeratza. It's only something like Pigol, which cannot be offered up on the Mizbeach. But ultimately, again, other karbanos, even if you've been in violation of Balta Acher, can be offered up 
on the Mizbeach. So say, so once again, once again, what the Gemara is just pointing out over here is there's another story. So Yabo say, the good news in these types of discussions is everyone is agreeing on the conclusion, right? The conclusion is that even if the owner of the carbon is in violation of Bal Ta'acher, the carbon could still be offered. Or to use a little bit of brisker terminology, Bal Ta'acher is an Isser on the Gavra, not on the Cheftza. Right, so Baal Ta'acher is a prohibition that devolves upon me, the owner, right, the Gavra, the individual, but it in no way has an impact on the Cheftza, on the Karban itself, a very important distinction. So now the point that Gemara is making over here is, the Brisa made this sound like that we are learning this concept from the Pasuk of Vahaya Bicha Chet. The Chet of Baal Ta'acher is on you, is on owner, on the, on the owner, below the carbon cha, and not on your carbon. What the Gemara is just pointing out, the, the, the question that the Gemara is repeatedly asking is, we see other sources for this halacha. So now we just quoted Ben Azai, and Ben Azai gives another, another explanation for this halacha, to which the Gemara says, you're right. You're right. We don't learn it out from Ella Bechachit. Rather, what do we learn out? Listen to this, this is incredible. So the Gemara says, Ella Bechachit v'lo Ishtachachit. Rather, I've said the drasha is, if you are in violation of Baal Ta'acher, if you are in violation of Baal Ta'acher, that chet is on you and not on your wife. What does that mean? Well, say, this is actually an incredible Gemara. You would have thought as follows. We'll say, very profound Gemara. Rabbi Lazar says, a man's wife does not pass away unless, of course, he owes money, and he does not repay it. He does not repay it. So we'll say, this is referring, first of all, so you know, in general, whenever Chazam makes statements like this, then it's, it's, meant, it's not meant to say that this is the only situation that causes a person's wife to pass away. You know, life is much more complex. But Chazal are highlighting a yesod, that at the end of the day, if a person owes money and they do not pay back that money, assuming they have the money, they have the money, but they don't pay back the money, ultimately, again, in, 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 as a result of that Avera, so a person loses his wife, Shine Emar, Ultimately, if you don't have money to pay, why, literally translated, why should, why should I take the bed from underneath you? So the bed from underneath you is a metaphor to one's wife. So the Gemara says over here, you might have thought, now this is fascinating. So you might have thought, you might have thought, So ultimately, again, so what the Navi was saying, what the Navi, well, I'm sorry, what Shlomo Melech is saying over here in Mishlei, is if a person owes money, and they have money, but they don't repay their debts, Sakhadish Baruch who says, if you have, but you don't pay, I'll take from you what you have. In other words, we'll repay the debt in a different way with something else that's yours. So again, talking about someone who has, but ultimately at the end of the day doesn't repay. So the Gemara says, you might have thought, that Baal Ta'acher, this would apply to Baal Ta'acher as well. And ultimately, again, if a man is in violation of Baal Ta'acher, which is the same Yisod, which is the same Yisod, I have, I should pay, I don't pay, 
perhaps in that, the result of that particular Aveira, a person should chas lose their wife. Kamash malono. Kamash on the Gemara says, v'haya b'cha chet v'lo b'karban cha chet. Sorry, v'lo b'karban cha, v'lo b'ishtacha chet. That ultimately, again, the chet of Baal Ta'acher is in you, is in you, but ultimately, again, not in your wife. So we'll say, just to spend a moment on this, because it's a very, a very dramatic Gemara. So what's the pshat and what's the correlation to having, to owing money, to owing money, not paying back, and chas the loss of one's wife? What's, what's the connection between, between those things? So we'll say, perhaps it's like this. If a person borrows money, and they owe money, so that relationship is very often predicated on one's word. On one's word. You made a commitment. You made a promise. I borrowed $1,000 from Ruvain. I made a commitment to go ahead and pay back that money. Failure to pay that back when you have it. Mine's not too much if you don't have it. Failure to pay that back if I have it is a failure to honor my word, a failure to honor my commitment. So perhaps like on a deeper level, what Chazal was trying to express is that if you're a person who doesn't keep your word, and you're a person who doesn't keep your commitments, you're also a person who's not gonna keep your marriage. Because at the end of the day, marriage is a commitment and it's predicated on the making of promises and the keeping of promises. But at the end of the day, if you make commitments, you make promises and you just don't live up to them, at the end of the day, there is no marriage left. In other words, the taking of the wife doesn't have to refer to death. The taking of the wife can also just simply refer to the dissolution of marriage. Many times when Chazal say things like this, you know, both say, it's like uh, there's another statement like this. You know, there's a juxtaposition between the bringing of, the bringing of Bikurim and Sota, Parsha Sota. And Rashi has an interesting statement. Rashi says, why are they juxtaposed? Because if you don't go to see the Kohen by bringing Bikurim, you're going to go to see the Kohen by bringing your wife as a Sota. Like, what does that mean? Right? What, what, what's the connection there? So I will say, there's a very, I think it's a very simple yesod. Bikurim is generosity. It's generosity. Bikurim is the taking of things that are rightfully yours and ultimately giving them to the coin, giving them to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Perhaps what Chazal are expressing is if you don't have generosity in your marriage, if you are not a giving, selfless person in your marriage, if your marriage is about what you get and not what you give, that marriage is done. That marriage is done. You'll see the coin for Sota, meaning metaphorically, that marriage is going to very quickly unravel because everyone needs to feel that someone loves them and everyone needs to feel that someone's giving to them. And if a man's not giving that to his wife, at the end of the day, that marriage will quickly unravel. So you see that some, I, I think you see, begin to see a pattern that sometimes Chazal express these type of, I, I think these marriage etzos in very stark terms, very stark terms, right? O- almost to be able to highlight that marriage is a very fragile thing. And if you're not putting all of you into it, it's going to unravel and it's going to go. And it, it's my simbechol yom. That people, that unfortunately, again, people find themselves in bad relationship predicaments and they have no idea how they got there. And meanwhile, it's the result of years and years of years of just systemic neglect. And you wake up one day and there's no relationship there anymore. So here Chazal is saying, at the end of the day, do you honor your word? I will say, whether it's that, I'll be home at six o'clock, 
Are you really home at six o'clock? Right? Whether it's that we should really make a date night. Do you really make the date night? Whether or not it's a whole bunch of other things, the commitments we make to our spouses. Do we honor them? Because if we're not men of our word, then unfortunately, again, the relationships quickly unravel. The Gemara goes right to turn around on Motsi Sase. So we'll say now the Gemara Darshan is another, another beautiful Pasik over here. So the Pasik over here, just to give you the Pasik in its totality, and then we'll break it up. The Torah says, Motza Svasecha Tishmar Vasisa. The words of your mouth you shall keep. Vasisa, and you will fulfill them. Kasher as you vow to Akadish Parahu, Nidava Shedibartabeficha, Nidava that you spoke out with your mouth. So the Gemara says as follows. So Motza Svasecha, Zumitzvas Ase. So this is a positive commandment. Tishmar, so we'll say, in other words, a positive commandment that, first of all, it's fascinating. There's a positive commandment to do what you said you're going to do. Which is <laughs> interesting. Right? A mitzvah say that when you see something, you make a commitment, do it. Tishmar, keep it. Zumitzas losase. That's ultimately, again, a prohibition not to follow through on that which you said. I will say, of course, this is carbonically oriented. You could, of course, globalize all of these messages as life messages as well, but they are specifically carbonically oriented. Losase vasisa, and you shall perform it. Azharullah based in Shiasucha. But say, this is incredible. If I pledge a carbon, if I pledge a carbon, and ultimately, again, I am not bringing it. So I said, I'm bringing this shlamim, and I don't bring it. Bezdin has a moral obligation to force me to do it if I am not doing it of my own volition. I, now, I, I want to be clear what's happening over here. We're talking about, I've designated a carbon. I'm just not bringing it. I'm just not bringing it. So Bezdin has a moral obligation to force me to bring it. Kasherna darta. As, as I vowed, Zenedar, this refers to another, La Shamalokecha, to Hashem your God, Ilu Chataos, Hashemos, Olos, Ushlamim. This refers to all these other types of Karbanos. Nedava, what does Nedava refer to? Kimashmo, Nedava is in Nedava. Asher Dibarto, that which you have said, Elu Kachi Bedekabais. This refers to things that you pledged to Bedekabais, temple upkeep. Beficha, with your mouth, Zu Tzedaka. This refers to vows of Tzedaka, charitable vows. So we'll say, so, so therefore, this whole Pasuk is talking about the various commitments you make. Various commitments you make. There is an assay to honor the commitment. A assay if you don't honor the commitment. And Beisdin has an obligation to force me to honor the commitment if I am not doing this of my own volition. Why do I need the assay to come from from Motza After all, Mi Ubasa Shama Vehevesem Shama Nafka. I can learn now from the Pasuk that says, Ubasem Shama Vehevesem Shama. You shall come and you shall offer it up. So the Gemara says, Tishmar Zumitzvas Lo Sase Lamali. Why do I need Tishmar? First, why line above say Vavam and Aleph? Why do I need Tishmar to teach me a Lo Sase? Mi Lo Saachel Shama Nafka. I have an explicit Lo Sase. Do not delay from paying your debts. Vasisa is hardly based in Shiasucha Lamali. Why do I need Vasisa as a commandment, as a command to the Bezdin to force me to bring my Kabbalah if I have not been doing it on my own? So the Gemara says, Lamali, me Yakriv Oso Nafka, Disanya, also listen to this. We learned this from another Drasha, Yakriv Oso, Disanya, Yakriv Oso. Now we'll say the Lushan of Yakriv Oso. The Gemara is dashing over here to mean yak, they will cause him to be Makriv. What's the case of they being causing the makrib? This is incredible. Shekofin oso. 
that Beisdin literally will force a guy to bring his carbon. I will say, I want to be clear. Not just that Beisdin will force a guy to bring a carbon. If he has an obligation, well, we'll discuss the parameters of this. He has an obligation. Maybe he's even verbally committed or set aside a carbon. He's not honoring his commitments. He's made the commitment already. He's not honoring the commitment. Beisdin steps in and uses force to force him to go ahead and honor his commitment. Yachal ba'karachal. You might have thought to even force him to do this against his will. The problem is that doesn't work by carbonos. Why tamulomar liritzono? Because we all say a pasuk has to be. Oh, sorry, pasuk. A carbon has to be offered, right? In, in with with the will, right? With the free will of the of the bala carbon. So how do you reconcile these two ideas? On one hand, on one hand, that on one hand you have the basin has the ability to coerce the individual to go ahead and to offer up the carbon. On the other hand, it has to be lyrit sono, according to his will. Ha Kate Kofin Oso Adshiyoma Rotsaani. Bazdin forces him until I said, you know what? You're right. I saw the light. I want to go ahead and offer up this carbon. So I'll say we apply pressure until he acquiesces. So at the end of the day, it's gotta be lyrit sono. The question is the path to Ritsono could take different ways. Hopefully people find their true Ratzon on their own, but if they need a little bit of help with the strong arm of Beisdin to be able to find their true inner will, then ultimately Beisdin is not only empowered, but Beisdin is obligated to do so. We'll say we, see, we know this concept most notably from Gittin, right? That Kofin also Achiyome Rotsa, and we force a husband, which we'll say, by the way, we don't realize that one of the things that we lack most in, in our current state of, of, or, of, of, a, of an org, we don't have organized Jewish community. Even in Eretz Yisrael, which has, you know, a Rabbanot and a, and a Beisden system, it's not, it's not nearly what it used to be. What we truly lack is the truth is this ability of Beisden to actually have strength. This ability of Beisden to actually affect change because that ability, you know, we, we know that the Aguna problem is such a profound problem, such a profound problem. And although we have some mechanisms to be able to proactively deal with that, a recalcitrant husband is one of the worst forms of rituals that exists within Klaal Yisrael today. And it's a real problem. It's a real problem. And without an organized basin system, that Kofin Oser Achiyomerotzani, which was a very, very, very powerful tool, is no longer really here. So in any event, the Gemara says as follows. Yeah, here, if you need a Gemara under the second table over there. There's a, there's a Gemara. So, so, the, so the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says as follows. So therefore, again, the point that the Gemara is making is that you're going ahead and you're learning out this ability or this obligation of based into coerce from one Pasuk. We learn out from a different Pasuk to which the Gemara says both Pesukim are necessary. And I'll tell you why. Listen to this. One case is talking about a situation where where I said, I hereby take upon myself to bring an Ola, but I didn't separate out a carbon. The other case is talking about a situation where I separated out the carbon, but I didn't yet offer it. And therefore, two different psukim are talking, t- telling me whether I verbally accepted the obligation, but didn't separate out the animal, based as an obligation to force me to bring it. Or even if I already separated it, but didn't yet offer it, 
in that case, also Bezin has an obligation to, set, to force me. Utsuich, I need both cases. Why? If you would have said, just set a case of where I accepted upon myself the obligation, but I didn't yet separate out the animal. Because in that case, Bezdin should force me because I made a verbal commitment, which is enough to create a carbonic obligation, and I'm not honoring my commitment. Avo Afrish Velo Akriv. But in a case where I designated the animal already, but I just didn't yet offer it up, I would have thought that maybe in a case where I designated the animal, Basin doesn't get involved. Why not? Because once I've designated the animal, it's pretty much already in the Rishus of the Beis HaMikdash. So the Beis HaMikdash already owns it. So once they already own it, it's my business to get it to the Beis HaMikdash, but Basin doesn't get involved in that. Therefore, we need to say, no, even in that case, where you already designated the animal, but are, but, are, but are derelict in bringing it as a carbon, Bezin gets involved and forces you to do it. And if you would have just told me the case of where I separated out the animal, but I haven't offered it up, Bezin gets involved and forces me to offer it. But in case where I just verbally accepted upon myself to bring a carbon, but didn't designate an animal, maybe I'd say, you know what, that's nothing. A verbal commitment is nothing, and therefore maybe Basin doesn't get involved in that at all. Therefore, Tzicha, therefore I both say whether I said, I hereby accept upon myself to bring an Ola, but I didn't separate that animal, or I separate that animal but didn't offer it up, in either of those situations where Basin sees that I am unnecessarily delaying in, the ob- in, in fulfilling my obligation, Basin gets involved and forces me to go ahead and offer up, fulfill my obligation. Incredible. Umi Matis Amris. The Amr Afish, can you actually set this up as a case where a person accepted the obligation of a carbon upon themselves but did not separate out the animal? The context of this Pasik is in a dava. And I will say, what's the nature of an adava? Utnan, Ezuhu Neder, what's a neder? Both say is interesting. What is a neder? Haomer Hare Alai Ola. A person who says, I hereby accept upon myself the obligation to bring an Ola. That is a neder. And what is a nedava? Ve'ezu nedava. Ha'omer harei zu ola. A nedava, both sides, where a person says, that animal, designate a particular animal, that's a nedava. Or both sides, to use our same terminology as before. A neder is on the gavra, right? A neder is an obligation I take upon myself. A nedava is on the cheftza, on the object. They will say, what's the nafkamina? A very profound nafkamina. Uma bein neder the nedava. What's the nafkamina? Here we go. Neder meis onignav chad bechriusa. They say, if I accept upon myself to bring an ola as a neder. And then what happens? I had a mind to bring a particular animal. I didn't actively designate it, but I had a mind to go ahead and bring it. And it dies. What's the halacha? You have to separate out another animal. Nedava meis onignava in chad bechriusa. But if you identified, if you made an adava, where again, the obligation is on the chavza, and the chavza dies, the animal dies, or is lost, or is stolen, I have no obligation for replacement. Interesting halacha. So I will say, the point over here is, the Pasuk is talking about nedava. Nedava is when you actively separate an animal to be offered up. The Gemara is saying, but one of the cases we're talking about is where a person made a verbal commitment but didn't separate out an animal. But that doesn't work because that's not a nedava. So to which the Gemara says, Rava says, what's the case? The case is where a person says, which I will say is what kind of lashon? What kind of lashon? A neder. But they say on the condition 
that I am not chayiv if anything happens to the animal. So I'll say this is interesting. Like, this is like a hybrid because you're saying hare alai, which is a neder, but I have no achrayis if something happens to the animal, which is what, which is what, which is nedava. So we call we call that a nedava. We call that a nedava because at the end of the day, you don't have responsibility if something happens to the animal. But in its essence, it's really a nether. Okay, interesting. Beficha, both say fascinating sugya. Beficha, any commitments you make with your mouth, what does that refer to? Zu tzedakah. This refers to commitments I make to tzedakah. That Allah Chalamai say, if I make tzedakah commitments, I have to honor them in an expeditious fashion. I both say, now what it sounds like over here is that tzedakah commitments are also governed by Baal Ta'acher, which is very interesting because tzedakah has nothing to do with karbanas. So now we're going to qualify that. Amarava, utztaka mechaivale me'alter. Rava says, no, 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 no. Even though tzedakah is included in the balta acher, in the balta acher discussion, at the end of the day, if you make a pledge to tzedakah, you have to pay that immediately. There's no three regalim over there, right? If you make a pledge to tzedakah, you have to pay. All this assumes that a person has the funds, right? But if you make a pledge to tzedakah, Ultimately, you have to pay it immediately. My timer, what's the reason for that? This is incredible. Because when it comes to tzedakah, kaimei means what? The poor are right in front of me. Which is another way of saying that when it comes to tzedakah, the need is immediate. See, this is actually fascinating. We'll say, why, why is there a constant about Why don't we say that as soon as you go ahead and you make it, you, have an, you, you, you take upon yourself the obligation to bring a carbon, when should you have to bring it? When should you have to bring it? Tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, get, get, get on the bus, right? Get on the donkey, right? Go, go. go. You see, the difference is because it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. <laughs> it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's fine, okay. <coughs> I don't need your kabbalas to begin with, so that's no problem. Just, I want you to, I want you to be people of your word. I want you to honor your commitment, but there's a window. The Gemara says, when it comes to tzedakah, the need is immediate. The need is, the hakami anim, the need is immediate. And they're both saying, brother, anim doesn't just have to mean tzedakah to the poor. It means anytime you make a commitment of tzedakah, that need is immediate. Because the need is immediate, the obligation for payment is immediate as well. So the Gemara says, Pshita, but that's obvious. You might have thought that since tzedakah is mentioned in the context of karbanos, Therefore, what? Therefore, halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa. It should have the same din as karbanos. That just like karbanos has three regalim, so too tzedakah has three regalim as well. Kamash malon, no. Kamash malon. It's written in the context of karbanos to say, just like by karbanos you have to keep your word, so too by tzedakah you have to keep your word. But just like by karbanos you have three regalim to keep your word, by tzedakah the obligation to pay, the obligation to pay your obligations is immediate. That kind of thing. I will say. So we don't have time for it now, but I will say something very interesting. <coughs> So I say there's a lot of interesting discussion in general about hilchos tzedakah like this because from the Gemara what it makes it sound like is if you have tzedakah you have to you have to give it immediately. So I say what happens if a person has like it's a good idea to set up a meiser account a meiser account right where a person like, a person gets paid or a person makes money I I want to separate it out into account and I want to put it in a meiser account is that okay? Or is there an obligation to dispense it immediately? So we'll say, many, most of the posts can bring down that the obligation to quote-unquote give tzedakah immediately means the obligation to separate tzedakah immediately. You can't let ma'os tzedakah, which, or what is most often ma'os maiser, you should not let those sit in your general account. 
that money should be earmarked for tzedakah, for nicer, immediately. Once you have that, a person is permitted to be strategic about how they want to spend those funds, right? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what I want to do with it yet. I don't know where I want to give it. I don't know what need is going to come up. So you have the right to hold on to it, to be strategic. But the obligation to separate out that money into a Meiser account or a Tzedakah account, that is a Chiv. That is a Chiv. It, it's, it's also good Tzedakah financial planning because monies which remain mixed with your general usage monies, you know, you run the risk of just losing track of everything. So the creation of a separate tzedakah account means those monies are set aside for tzedakah immediately. I'm in fulfillment of the words of the Gemara, but I have the right to license to be strategic with how I go ahead and spend those funds. Now, that being said, that being said, there is still a concept of going ahead and dispensing your tzedakah, you know, in an expeditious, timely fashion. But a person doesn't have to give it to the first cause that comes their way. You are permitted to be strategic, but again, strategic and timely at the same time. And there's so much to speak about with that, but several different times. Suppose it comes along Rava, and Rava says, by the way, when you, it was, Rava, was one, Rava was one of the five opinions. Rava said, once one regal passes, you're in violation of, you're in violation of Baal Ta'achar. Meisvei, hey Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Papis, Avlad Shlom, Shiyakriv, O Shlomim. So I'll say, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Papis said that the offspring of a Shlomim is also a Shlomim. Amra Papis, and he made, Shahisalana Parash Lazivche Shlomim. We once had a para that was Shlomim. Vachluna Bepesach, and the para before we offered it, it gave birth. Vachandu Vladashlam Bechad, and we ate its offspring as Shlomim. Bechad. Now we'll say Bechad, Bepashlas means what? Sukis. So they had the mother, they had the mother on Pesach, and the child on Sukis. Bishlam of Pesach, I understand why they weren't able to offer up the offspring on Pesach, because maybe the baby was too young. You can't offer up an animal as a carbon less than eight days old. However, you just said before that you can't go more than one regal. If the offspring of a shlam is a shlamim, and you ate the mother on Pesach, when should you have to eat the child by? Shavuos. To which the Gemara says, What's the case? The case is where the baby was ill during Shavuos. So therefore, it could not be offered up during Shavuos. What does it mean when it says that we ate the, the baby? says It doesn't mean Chag of Sukkis, it means Chag of Shavuos. But the other opinions say, that's not true. That's not what the Yom Tovim are referred to. Right? Whenever you're talking about Pesach, Shavuos is always referred to as Atzeres, not as Chag, and Sukkis is referred to as Chag. In any event, I will say, you have the, this is the position of Rabbah, which we do not hold like. Again, we'll see the halacha lemaisa. Actually, I, I take that back. I shouldn't say that. We'll see what we do with Rava. But this is the opinion of Rava who says that you're in violation of Al-Ta'acher after the passage of one regal. Next, Rava Amar, Kevan Shavra Lav Gimel Regalim Bechol Yom Vayom over Al-Ta'acher. This is incredible. Rava says, by the way, once you pass three regalim, right? Let's go with the general approach, which was two, two out of the five subscribe to the three regal criteria both the Tanakama as well as Reb Shimon. They, they disagreed, you need three in order, not in order, but let's just go with two out of the five agreed, you need three regalim. Comes along Rav and says, by the way, once you pass three regalim, you violate Balta Acher every single day 
you have not offered up the carbon. Which I will say is very dramatic. There are very few Averis like that. There are some like that, like Brismila is like that. Right, that after a child, right after every day after the eighth day, there's a chiyah for the parents. After the age of bar mitzvah, there's a chiyah for the child. But in, but this is a fascinating idea. Every single day after after you after you after that third regal, you're in violation of ta'achar every day. You must really mei Whether it's bechar or all other sacrificial items, kevan she'avraleim shana below regalim. Listen to this. Once they pass a year, right? This is the Bukhar. The Bukhar is supposed to be offered up within the year. Once, or, or, or Kachim for that matter, all other Kabbalos, once you pass by a year, even below Regalim, even if you go through a year and you don't have all three Regalim, or Regalim below Shana, or all three Regalim without a year, over Bebal Ta'acher. Ultimately, you're in violation of Bal Ta'acher. Okay, how is this Akasha? Bahai Maiti What's the question? In other words, I will say, Rava made a statement. Once you violate, once you go past three regalim, your violation of Bal Ta'achar each and every day. You are not quotes this Braisa as a Kasha. What's the Kasha? Amrav cannot tell you. Man di Kamosif Shakar Kamosif. The one who asked the question asked a good question. Why? Michti Tana Allah Kamahader. See, I saying, the Braisa is coming to tell me that whether you wait a year without three regalim, we'll define these terms, or three regalim without a year. Right after that, you're over in Baal Ta'achar. Shabbos say, it only says Baal Ta'achar once. Listen, Bechal Yom V'yom over in Baal Ta'achar. Why doesn't it say you're in violation of Baal Ta'achar every single day? In other words, from the Bryson, what it makes it sound like is once a year passes or three regalim pass. Whichever one, whichever one, whether it's a year without three regalim or three regalim without a year, at the end of your over in Baal Ta'achar. But it sounds like you're over in Baal Ta'achar how often? How often? Once. Rather, if you are correct, it should say you're over in Baal Ta'achar every single day. The Idach Rav will respond to that. That's not a good question. Tana lemikve balav kamahader, balavi yiselo kamahader. The Tana is only coming to teach you about a general prohibition. He's not coming to teach you about how many prohibitions you're over. So all he's coming to teach you is whether you have one year that elapses without three regalim or three regalim which elapse without one year, you're in violation. The Tana is not coming to tell you you're in violation every single day. He may agree with that premise. But that's not the piece of information he's coming to convey. He's coming to convey either a year without three regalim or three regalim without a year triggers Baal Ta'acher. So I'll say, let's analyze this a little bit because this is quite fascinating. So Gufa, Gufa. So but therefore, I'll say, Rava's statement remains unchallenged, which is that once you go ahead and you hit the threshold of Baal Ta'acher, you now violate Baal Ta'achar each and every subsequent day. But let's analyze this, Brisa. Gufa, Echad Bechar, Ve'echad Kolakad Shim, whether it's Bechar or all other Karbanos, Keiban Shabra Leim Shana Regalim, if you go ahead and you miss a year, or a year passes by, even without the Regalim, or the Regalim below Shana, or you pass by three Regalim without the year, over Baal Ta'achar, you're in violation of Baal Ta'achar. Let's analyze this. I understand the case of the passage of three regalim without a year. Right? So remember again, the regalim pretty much happen six, right, within six months of each other. Right? So you could definitely have the passage of three regalim without a year. How do you ever have a year? How do you ever go by a year without all three regalim? Watch this. So, if you like the position of Reb Shimon, that Allah it's not just three regalim. What do you need? What do you need? Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkis. So, what's we spoke about this? Remember again, in Reb Shimon's model, sometimes you could have up to five regalim 
until you're in violation of Al-Tahachar. That could definitely be more than a year. So that, that I understand. That you could have a year without three regalim. But according to everyone else, well, according to Tanakama, who requires three regalim, but doesn't require them to be in the order of Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkis, how do you ever have a year without three regalim? So watch this. According to Rebbe, you can find it in a leap year. How so? This Rebbe says a fascinating discussion. This Sanyo, Shana Tamima. Rebbe says the Pazik says a complete year. What is this talking about? Look in Rashi, Shana Tamima. Ha'amura babate arechoma. Rebbe says, listen to this. If you sell a home in a walled city, there's an interesting halacha that says you have up to, you, the seller, have up to one year to redeem it. And if you don't redeem it within that year, what happens? What happens? It becomes the property of the purchaser for how long? Forever. It does not revert back to its owner during Yovel, right? By other real estate, other real estate transactions, they revert back to their owners by Yovel. That keeps the territorial um, balance, right? In, in, in alignment, in alignment. But in a walled city, you have one year to redeem. If you don't redeem within the year, lechalutin, it goes forever to the purchaser. So Rashi says over here, So let's listen to this. So Rebbe Omer, Mona, how, how do you calculate the year for Bate Arichoma? So Omer, Mona, So we'll say, Rebbe says, interestingly enough, it's a solar year, not a lunar year, 365 days. So you have 365 days from the day of the sale in order for you, the seller, to redeem your property. If you don't redeem your property, it belongs to the purchaser forever. We count 12 months. We count 12, it's a calendar year. It's a calendar year. We count 12 months. So if you sell it on the, uh, on the 10th of Cheshvan, you have until the 10th of Cheshvan the following year to go ahead and buy back your property. I, what happens in this Avrashana? What happens if it's an Uber yard, right? What happens if it's a leap year? So there's an extra other. Good, Nis Abrolo. That's the benefit the seller, right? The seller now has an extra month of redemption. So we'll say, now watch this. So you could have a year without three regalim, according to Rebbe. How so? Mishkachos al Rebbe, watch this. The Kadsha Basr Chagamatzos. Imagine for a moment you went ahead and you are Makdish the Karban after Pesach. And after Pesach, and the following year is a leap year. The following year is a leap year. By the time you get to the end of the last Adar in the following year, it'll be a complete year, but yet, interestingly enough, regalim lomalu. But you will not have had all of the regalim. Because obviously you're missing Pesach. But according to the Rabbanon, how do you ever have a case of a year without, of a year without three regalim? This is very interesting. This is absolutely fascinating. This is fascinating. Shavuos does not have a calendar date in the Torah. Right? Shavuos only has, when, when is Shavuos? When is, in the according to the Torah, when is Shavuos? The 50th day. Right, the fiftieth day. That's it's. By the way, it's absolutely fascinating. Every other yomtiv in the Torah has a calendar date. Has a calendar date. Shavuos does not, which leads to what I say. This is this is wild. Rav Shmaya says at Sarah Shavuos Pamim Hey Pamim Shisha Pamim Shiva. Sometimes Shavuos is the fifth of Sivan. 
Sometimes it's the sixth of Sivan, and sometimes it's the seventh of Sivan. It's different days in, was it wild, by the absolutely wild. So the says, okay, so how does this work? Shnei and Malayan, if ultimately Nisan and Iyar are both 30-day months, Chamisha, then Shavuos will fall out on the fifth of Sivan. Shnei and Chaserin, if Nisan and Iyar are both 29 days, Shiva, ultimately Shavuos will be on the seventh of the month of Sivan. Echad Mali ve'echad Chaser, Ultimately, again, if one is, if one is Mali, one is Chaser, ultimately Shisha. Say from Mosai, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, according to the Chachamim, you could have the same situation as well. Depending on how Shavuos falls out, interestingly enough, ultimately you could have a full year without three Regalim as well. So who, who argues Rabbi Shmaya? Achirim, he disanya. Achirim, Omrim, the Achirim say, Ain't been at Seres, la Seres, Ain't been Roshana, Roshana, Ella Dalad Yom and Bilvad. Ultimately, again, the Achirim disagree. They say, the only difference between Shvuas, between year one and year two, or Roshana between year one and year two is four days. The way the Yom Tovim work out is they fall out four days later than the day before. And ultimately, again, if it was, it was a leap year, ultimately five days. Therefore, you begin to see that both according to Rebbe as well as according to the Chachamim, interestingly enough, you could have a situation of a, of a year without three regalim. So I will say, this is now something new. Because what the Gemara just introduced us to is something dramatic, which is that Halacha Lamaisa, Baal Ta'acher, could be triggered either by the passage of three regalim or by the passage of a year, even if that year does not have three regalim. So we'll have to stop here for today. We'll pick up with Boy Rabbi Zira in Mirat Hashem tomorrow. And I will say we will do, Mirat Hashem on Sunday, we'll do the Halacha Lamaisa by Baal Ta'acher, because there's a lot of stuff that's floating, a lot of stuff, there's a lot of shitos that are floating around over here. Mirat Hashem will consolidate and come to all the Maisa in Mirat Hashem over the weekend.